Hello, I'm Emily Grace, and welcome to the Stages podcast of Bernstein Private Wealth Management. Life throws lots of challenges at us. We're here to analyze them. <clears throat> Having helped families prioritize what makes money meaningful for them and then invest for that purpose for close to 20 years now, I've seen people through countless markets and life events. And while every market is different, as we are witnessing with the current pandemic, what remains constant is the need for guidance and advice through the uncertainty. Helping people navigate the markets and introducing them to some of the invest smartest investment minds and experts in other fields, whatever the stage in their life, is a real honor. If you or someone you know would like advice or an introduction to my guest, you can reach me at emily.grace at bernstein.com. As we're now in the fourth quarter and look back on this year, where we focused on safety, security, and the metamorphosis that comes from living through a global pandemic, I've been hearing from many of you about the moments of magic that you are working into your everyday life during this time. And a question that often arises is, how do we memorialize a lifetime of these moments? How do we preserve the stories that make up our, our parents' lives, our own? Well, as we think about this, I've invited Iris Wagner of Memoirs Productions to join us on stages to talk about how she helps people who wish to pass on their wisdom, values, beliefs, and lessons learned. As a personal historian, Iris is credited as executive producer for the documentary Scatter My Ashes at Bergdorf's about the 100-plus-year-old fashion emporium in New York City. P.S. I will mention that I saw that at the Paris Theater, so it felt very appropriate. She's been profiled in the Wall Street Journal and Barron's Penta as an expert in video ethical wills and biography productions, and most recently has been featured in Billionaire Magazine's special April 2020 legacy issue. Iris, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Emily. So nice to be here. Well, it's great. It's great to have you. Now, can you explain to us exactly like what are these video recordings that you create for families? Like what, what are they? What we record for families are video biographies and ethical wills to leave as a legacy for next generations. The video biographies are documentaries similar to A&E biography, if you remember that television show, where it recounts some of the story of their life, featuring where they came from, who they came from, talking a bit about the those who came before, but really focusing on a decade-by-decade decade life review of someone's life, and most importantly, gleaning the values, the wisdom, the lessons learned, finding out about the mentors, all these are recorded on video. We have, we have a process that we've worked through over 20 years of experience with this that help people do the inner reflection so that they create a wonderful life story that needs to be preserved and memorialized for next generations. Is each video just for one person or could you do it for a couple? Or would it really be that you do one for the mother, one for the grandmother or one for the grandfather or can you do them together? Great question. We typically work individually with, an in, with people but when a couple is married over a certain number of years and really shares the values and the wisdom of the family, we do put them together for some of the time on camera. But really, Emily, in all truth, everybody has their own interesting life story to tell. Even if a couple has been married 50 plus years, 
that woman grew up in her own childhood. That man had his own teenhood and they need to be explored differently because that's who informed them to be the people that they are. And so you could then though say, combine them into one video, even though they're each talking separately at the end. Yes. If you ever saw the movie, When Harry Met Sally, at the end, at various points in the movie, they get the couple sitting on the couch together, reflecting and saying little reasons, how they fell in love, how they met in the elevator, all these things. We do that. We do that at the end of the process, but first each person goes through it individually because they had their own life and their own reflections. And then at the end, we bring them together to kind of work off each other's humor or just their own personalities come together. Mom and dad are different, aren't they? When they're sitting together on the couch versus mom sitting separately and dad sitting separately. Now, I, I'm, I'm loving this idea and getting a sense of sort of why people would create these and why parents do this. But if so, like, let's say I was interested in having my parents do one of these, right? Create a video. Is there a good method for actually making that happen? I'm just envisioning myself, you know, saying, do it. And they're saying, eh, I'm not interesting. Exactly. We have this all the time. Typically our productions are, are, teased out by grandchildren or children. It's not the individual themselves. Most people that we work with, and we tend to be, we're very, very grateful and humbled by the people that find us because typically they are extremely well, um, uh, um, they're people who have extremely interesting life stories that really need to preserve them, but they don't think their story is very important. They're, they have a huge amount of humility. And as a result, it's the children and grandchildren who say, mom, dad, you have to do this. And so um, a great way of doing it is typically a milestone event. So say a new grandchild is born, a first grandchild is born in a family. That's a great time to take that grandparent and put them on a pedestal to tell the stories because there is a new generation or there's a 50th wedding anniversary celebration, or someone is turning 75, for example, and wants to honor that milestone birthday, or even Christmas, Mother's Days, Father's Days. These are the best times to kind of take this and say, this is a great gift for mom and dad. Hey, sis, hey, bro, let's chip in and get this going, you know? And then what's what's the actual process for making one? And I guess, how long does it take to make one, you know, is this something that is a, you know, multi-week, multi-month, multi-year process? And is it important for, you know, to understand the family's values and goals, right? Those of the individual versus the family, right? How does it all come together? Okay, well, we have a process that we've developed over 20 years of working with families Um, that enables them to go through a reflection. Typically, it's done prior to being on camera because I like people to think through their life stories. It's been a long time usually for an 80-year-old to say, hmm, what was I like when I was six or eight years old? I forget. You know, they have to really open up those filing cabinets in the brain and pull out those old files from childhood and decide. And what's important to recount? It might not be that he, you know, he scored a home run to win his little league's uh, championship. That's nice little thing, but it might be more that he overcame, you know, a, 
a childhood disease perhaps and how it informed the rest of his life and maybe decided him, maybe you know made him decide to go into medicine because he got interested in 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 um, in that type of thing as a child uh, so we have a process that we basically work through people through our worksheets we have worksheets that are life review worksheets and um, ethical will worksheets. An ethical will is an examination of your values, your beliefs, your lessons learned, the things that are important to you, the mentors in your life, and of course, leaving it with blessings for and, and wishes for next generations and for themselves, some hopes and dreams for themselves. This is an age-old process and we've modified it to, uh, to be called an, a legacy of values. And really it has nothing to do with the financial worth. It has to do with the spiritual worth of a person. So we have a process. This process can take anywhere from a few weeks to months. Our recordings can be done, have been done in the past. We've been, we had been doing them in person, in people's homes, at people's cottages, et cetera. Um, and we did them broadcast quality. So that involved a crew. Um, and a lot of work, a lot of edit, editing work. Now with COVID and with all these new Zim, Zoom ninjas that we have seen, all these grandparents who are happy to look at the little light on the screen and talk to people and very comfortable, it's almost lovely that we can now work many more people through this process over the internet, online. And we, we can create recordings that can be simply edited and sent back by email with an email link to that person who can then press forward and send it to the whole family. So it's really quite novel and unique that this can be done now. It's kind of a little silver lining on the COVID cloud because I don't know how many elders would have become that much engaged in talking on camera on their iPads or their iPhones or their, or their laptops if COVID hadn't come around. It might be one of the magic moments. Exactly. <laughs> it is for so us. Now, so I guess as I think through this, right, and how do you keep people, in, how do you keep a, a parent, a grandparent engaged throughout the process? And is there, I mean, maybe it's just that once you get them going, right, that the hard part is getting them to start. But once you start, right, the worksheets and the discussions just come. But how do you, how do you keep them engaged and make sure that it doesn't fall off as you're in process? Well, I think that's a great question, Emily. I think that there is a secret sauce to what I do in, in that when a family member is encouraged by their children and grandchildren to tell their story, they're highly motivated, right? It's typically, we, we've always been very blessed to work with families that truly have intergenerational love. The grandparents love the grandkids and vice versa. The kids love the parents. They're not dysfunctional families. They're families who really want to stay together and be bound together forever. So, so there's two options there. Once the kids push the parents into it, the parents feel an obligation to do it. Once they're in our process, over 20 years of work, I've never had a client who didn't rave about the process because we've designed a way which makes it really entertaining and fun and engaging. And I've been told that it's extremely therapeutic 
but not, I am not a therapist by training by any stretch, but when someone looks back on their whole life and really dissects it in the way that we take them through the process to look at it, it can be very, very fulfilling. We've had a client, for example, at 83, he worked with us and he ended up finding out that as a child, he used to like to sculpt, sculpt, play with clay, play with, he was very, very poor, played with clay, and, and used to take little boxes that apples came in in the 30s and, and, and take them apart and make little houses with them. Fast forward many years later, the man is a billionaire in real estate, ha having built a ton of residential property buildings in a major North American city. And what he realized was the sculpting that he did as a kid of making little box houses and working with clay was really just a precursor to his later life and what he was planning to do, which was design and build huge amounts of buildings, num uh, you know, and, and housing huge numbers of people. And it just, sometimes people see old callings and in his case, what that ended up doing was the magic for him was he decided to go back to sculpting. And what he started to do in his 80s was sculpt 30-foot sculptures, maquettes that were built wow. into 30-foot sculptures that he ended up placing in front of each of his apartment buildings, his high-rises, as kind of a little memento from his heart in his 80s. He actually even took a building and uh, took a basement of a building and designed a, a studio where he would, you had to be over 70 to come in to do sculpting with him. He should ask for ID because he realized that there is, yeah, there really are people out there who can find their magic as, you know, to quote you, to find their magic later in life. And it's sometimes through our process that people rediscover things in the past, you know? So it's very, I mean, it just sounds like it would be very different than if I were to try to ask my parents these questions or, you know, give them an iPhone or an iPad and tell them to just record themselves doing it. I think you hit another nail on the head, well said, because sometimes uh, parents won't tell the same stories to their kids in the same way as they will tell a professional personal historian as myself or a biographer. I find when I meet some of these elders in person or even on Zoom, they are they sit up in the chair a little straighter when the camera's on. They they choose their words carefully. They really are poised in a different way than they would be sitting across from their daughter or son. Um, and and because I know how to engage them, I guess that's my little secret skill is I know how to engage them in a way that makes it easy and fun and really engaging for them to do it yeah. they don't want it they don't want the camera to stop most of the time they can't say keep going keep going I said well come on we've been going for so long it's you know cut we have to cut at some point but um which is why you know I'm very excited to um to announce that we're coming out with an online course where we're going to guide people to capture their own stories and their own wisdoms through our process on their own and then we'll record them on zoom so they kind of set themselves up with a bit of a script of what they need to say on camera and and it's going to make it so much easier and how how long do these end up being i'm just envisioning the amount of footage so does it get cut down or do we do you end up with like a 20-hour video or <laughs> 
Well, it depends on the situation. Sure. We have worked with some family businesses where we've recorded for multiple days in multiple locations in the past. And, and we've had, you know, up to, uh, you know, 25 or 35 hours of footage that we distilled down to an 80 minute documentary. So in the, in those days when we were filming in person and having large productions, that was fine. In these smaller little videos, they're going to be anywhere from half an hour to 45 minutes long because there isn't all that other footage to incorporate. It's going to be with some photographs. So they're photographs of decade, decade by decade of someone's life, a couple of childhood, teenhood, you know, their marriage photos, various to see how someone has evolved in their lifetime. And uh, very simply edited, you know, if, if someone wants the further larger production from that, that's always possible later down the road. But for the simplicity of doing this during this time, during COVID, when people are on Zoom, we just want to capture the stories as, as easily and quickly as we can before it's too late, you know, one never and, knows. And that's really the truth. No, it's, it's so important to be- and when you think about capturing these stories, how do you see families using these after they've been created? Right. So historically, are these at like family meetings? Are they, you know, a copy sent to all of their loved ones? Well, historically, historically, we produce these on uh, archival DVDs, uh, beautifully presented in boxes, and there was always a premiere at the end of the, you know, the year, the eight months, or the. 16 months that we worked with someone and their family, we would have a premiere in a theater with popcorn and champagne and really toast them and have, because I believe that all family members, all the grandchildren from age four and up will always remember that one day when they have, when they went to that theater on, you know, uh, 55th and 6th Avenue, there's a a screening room. Zigfeld. Exactly. And we just have the the, the whole family come and they'll always remember that date when they got that legacy video from grandpa and grandma and they walk home with their archival DVD. Well, those are the old days. Today with COVID, it's going to be much simpler and more digital. We will send them a link to a page where they can download their video and they can send that link to their children and grandchildren who will download it. And we highly recommend always that it's saved in many places um, because we can't keep everybody's videos on, on, on our server. So we ask that they all download them in numerous places. Every, every person with a computer in the family should have it. Now, the interesting thing about that, Emily, is that we're finding that people are watching these videos over and over again. It's not just a one-time screening. I had a call recently from a daughter, a 58-year-old daughter of an 84-year-old father who did a video for the family. And her son was grappling a little bit with a challenge of of, um, drinking too much at these times, you know, and maybe heading towards alcoholism. Now he had recovered, this elder, 84-year-old, had recovered, was a recovering alcoholic for 37 years or something. And he did say some things about it in his video. And so one night at midnight, she caught her son watching that part of the video by himself in his room, just to learn what grandpa did, you know, how grandpa grappled with drinking too much and losing control and how he got the help. 
And so she called me the next morning crying, saying to me, Iris, I can't believe it, but my son is listening to the video that we did five years ago about grandpa so-and-so. And, and, and it's, it's, it's so wonderful that we did this. Like that was one of the benefits in that family. I have other families that sit down, Emily, every Christmas day and watch another hour of their 17 hours of raw footage. Because in the past, that's what we gave them. We gave them all raw footage, even though we produced a real documentary, but we give them the 17 hours. I think they're on hour eight. They spend one hour listening to the raw, awful footage of me saying, <laughs> please fix your tie or please you know fix your hair for a second okay we're starting that again like they listen to all the rough cuts because they love that video. and then after one hour they sit back and watch the full 80 minute documentary and the reason it's 80 minutes by the way is I'm a huge fan of Walt Disney and he was quoted to say that an eight-year-old and an 80-year-old both have to pee or go to the washroom I mean sorry after 80 minutes <laughs> So better not make a movie. And none of the early Disney movies are any longer than 80 minutes for that reason. So I believe in that credo as well. And most of our productions are, are at, at the most that length, but less. So they can watch them once a year together on family day, either Christmas day or some do it 4th of July. Some do it on their parents' anniversary. They gather and they watch it again. Um, and I love it, I love the idea of watching it together. And that, you know, one, there is an a end in sight with COVID, right? As we think about the vaccines and how that's going to get us back to, to living our life, but that even, you know, even if people are not together, right, they can't, if they're not getting together in a big movie theater at the Ziegfeld Theater, this ability to, you know, we now can watch something together on Zoom. And so I like the idea of the family being able to do that, which is great. And 90% of our families, I mean, 90, the majority or all of the families have a, a specific premiere date event where they show the film and then they all sit down at a private restaurant or at someone's home and they have a dinner together and they hang out because there are naturally, there are questions that come out from the video that, that some of the family members want to know more about, you know, because we really try to cover so many little pieces in someone's life story that some people want to go deep in certain areas. Like I mentioned about the boy with the alcoholism and that, yes. you know, that story resonated and he was watching that again. And he wanted to know more from grandpa about it. So. Well, and it probably resonated. It probably resonated more for him five years later, right? Because if he's now 20 or 17, whatever age he was right. Five years earlier, he may not have been grappling with the same issues. Exactly. And even 50-year-old kids come out of the screening rooms and the premieres and look at me and say, man, I've worked beside my father in business for 25 years now. I've known him for 52 years of my life. And I learned things about him I never learned before. I never knew before. And it's partly because our process really brings out some things in people that they think they just take it as something natural, but really it's something that most people don't have. So I like to find those little nuggets of someone's personality and someone's uh, thought process and bring it out. So next generations can go, oh, I think like that too. Now I know yes. where it comes from. And now I know where it comes from. And that sometimes gives everyone a peace of mind in their own soul, in their own spirit to say, wow, 
now I know why I am the way I am. I, I love how it connects the generations and how it lets people listen and sort of find something in their own soul. So thank you so much for taking the time today, Iris, to provide us with so much information about ways that one can record and preserve their legacy. You know, my team and I spend a good deal of time helping dynamic families think about their values and their legacy and how it all fits together and you know, helping them plan and invest around it and really explore them. So, so to me, recording these dynamic families' values is a very natural progression. And I've loved hearing you talk about it. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Emily. It's been great to, to be interviewed by you. <laughs> you want to come work for Memoirs Productions one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if any of my clients are listening, I'm staying right where I am. But thank you, Iris. Now, if you'd like to speak with me, my family engagement team, or Iris, you can reach me at emily.grace at bernstein.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day. 